Hello and welcome to the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. I'm your host, Terrence M. Stanton. This is episode 47, being recorded on Tuesday, November 16th, 2021. We're going to read a bit from the conclusion of Father Gruner's book, Crucial Truths to Save Your Soul. Um, it's entitled, Avoid the Influence of Bad Pastors, Pray the Rosary, Cling to Dogma, and Shun False Teachings. <clears throat> I wanted to get back to it because there's so much wisdom to be mined um, from Father Gruner. What a wonderful man he was. So I'm just going to begin then. Remember to pray the rosary, the traditional rosary, every day. Our Lady made 15 promises for the 15 mysteries of her most holy rosary. In the fourth promise, she tells us that those who pray the rosary every day will not fall into heresy. If they already had fallen there, if they continue to pray the rosary, Our Lady will rescue them from heresy. There is no doubt that the human element of the church is afflicted today by diabolical disorientation, to recall Sister Lucy's telling phrase. This is no doubt that the truth of the faith the truths of the faith, have been obscured in vast areas of the church, leading to what even John Paul II called a silent apostasy. In the church today, truth itself is in crisis. In the first chapter of this book, I discussed our duty before God to love the truth. In the second chapter, I discuss how the truth of our religion is founded in the church's infallible dogmatic definitions by popes and councils, and also in what the church has taught for all time and her universal and ordinary magisterium, even without a formal, infallible definition. For example, the teaching on the evil of contraception. The Church does not teach novelties of doctrines, for she has no power to invent new teachings. She has only the power to preserve and defend the revelation given to her by Christ and the apostles, and handed down over the centuries in the Holy Bible and in the sacred tradition of the Church. This is why the first... First Vatican Council, when defining the infallibility of the Pope in matters of the Catholic dogma, <clears throat> warned that the Holy Spirit has not promised to the successors of Peter that by his revelation they might disclose new doctrine, but that by his help they might guard the revelation transmitted through the apostles and the deposit of faith and might faithfully set it forth. Another way of putting this is that our faith is not based on what a priest, a bishop, or even a pope might say today, but only on what the Church has always taught and believed. Our faith is not announced in bulletins from the Vatican bureaucracy, but rather is contained for all time in what is called the deposit of the faith. It is that deposit, the Church's treasure of revealed truth, that is under ferocious attack today. And yet the promises of Christ are an absolute guarantee that the treasure of the faith cannot be stolen from us, changed into some counterfeit or destroyed. What this means is that we must reject novelties of doctrine or dogma, no matter who presents them, and hold fast to what the Church has always taught, which can never change. But we must also hold fast to the Church's traditional practices, which support the truths of the faith, above all the traditional liturgy of the Church, as Pope St. Pius X declared in his great encyclical Pascendi. But for Catholics, nothing will remove the authority of the Second Council of Nicaea where it condemns those who dare, after the impious fashion of heretics, 
to deride the ecclesiastical traditions, to invent novelties of some kind, or endeavor by malice or craft to overthrow anyone of the legitimate traditions of the Catholic Church. Wherefore, the Roman pontiffs, Pius IV and Pius IX, ordered the insertion and the profession of faith of the following declaration. I most firmly admit and embrace the apostolic and ecclesiastical traditions and other observances and constitutions of the Church. In the same encyclical, St. Pius X exclaimed, Far, far from our priests be the love of novelty. Notice something about the quotation above. St. Pius X affirms that the absolute commitment to admit and embrace the apostolic and ecclesiastical traditions and other observances and constitutions of the Church is part of the profession of faith promulgated by popes, Pius IV and Pius IX, and affirmed by St. Pius X himself. That is, the requirement of holding fast to all the traditions of the Church <coughs> is itself part of the infallible truth that cannot be changed or abandoned by any priest or bishop or even a pope. Notice also the reference to the Second Council of Nicaea. That council infallibly defined the following proposition and condemned for all time those who would reject it. If anyone rejects any written or unwritten tradition of the church, let him be anathema. Any means any. Nothing the church has handed down can be rejected, despised, belittled, or done away with by anyone in the church, no matter how high his office. So we must hold fast to tradition and reject novelty. But how do we know what is traditional and what is novel? Some people say that Catholics cannot judge this for themselves, that this would be private judgment like that of Protestants, and that we should just listen to whatever church authorities tell us. That claim itself is false doctrine. Remember what St. Paul told the Galatians. But though we, or an angel from heaven, preach a gospel to you besides that which we have preached to you, let him be anathema. In other words, we must not listen even to the apostles or angels from heaven if they preach something other than the true gospel. And how do we know the true gospel? The answer should be clear from the discussion in the previous chapters. We know the true gospel from the infallible definitions of the popes and the great councils approved by the popes and from what the church has always taught, even if there is no formal infallible definition. For what the church has always taught is infallible even without a formal definition. Our faith is a faith that the faithful can know themselves by reading what the church has taught always and everywhere. We do not belong to some kind of cult whose teaching depends on the latest pronouncement of the cult leaders. But where can we find these authentic, infallible teachings in a time of such great confusion in the church? We can find them in the same sources that have always existed. First, we can find the true doctrine of the church in the teachings of the popes and the councils before the Second Vatican Council. Why not Vatican II itself? The answer is that Vatican II was the first and only council that specifically declined to teach infallibly. <clears throat> and thus it did not teach infallibly, except where it repeated what the Church had always taught before. Recall the words of Cardinal Ratzinger, which I quoted in Chapter 2. The Second Vatican Council defined no dogma at all and deliberately chose to remain on a modest level as a merely pastoral council. We must, then, reject the claim that Vatican II changed any teaching of the Church whatsoever, for this is impossible. 
The church cannot contradict herself because God does not contradict himself. And if there were a contradiction between Vatican II, which did not teach infallibly, and the constant teaching of councils and popes before Vatican II, which is infallible, then Vatican II would simply be wrong. It is entirely possible for Vatican II to be wrong because it defined no dogma at all and deliberately chose to remain on a modest level as a merely pastoral council. In fact, this very decision to avoid clear, defined teaching in line with all prior teaching is where the evil of the council lies, as I discussed in chapter 2. Second, we can find the true doctrine of the Church in her great catechisms approved by the sainted popes, including the Catechism of the Council of Trent, approved by Pope St. Pius V, and the Catechism of St. Pius X, which contains all the essentials of our Catholic faith. Third, we can find the true doctrine in the traditional forms of Catholic worship, prayer and devotion, the traditional Latin Mass, with its traditional Roman Missal, traditional breviary, the traditional rosary, and in all the traditional prayers and devotions of the Church, including, of course, those devotions described by Our Lady of Fatima, the first five Saturdays, and communions of reparation, and the daily recitation of the rosary. These forms of worship, prayer, and devotion both contain and reinforce authentic Catholic doctrine. Remember the fundamental principle, lex orandi, lex credendi. Loosely translated, this means that the way we worship determines what we believe. That is why belief is vanishing throughout the Catholic world today. Traditional forms of worship have been abandoned. We must cling to these as tightly as we cling to true doctrine itself. Yes, these are terrible times of disorientation in the church. But thanks be to God, our church is not based on the merits or faithfulness of particular men, but on the truth that makes us free and leads us to eternal salvation. Our church is based on the revelation of Jesus Christ, which has been preserved and handed down intact according to the promises of Christ. Despite the failings of the church's human elements in various epochs, especially the one in which we live, when the Pope and the bishops finally obey Our Lady of Fatima and consecrate Russia to the Immaculate Heart of Mary, the crisis in the Church will end, and you will witness the triumph of the Immaculate Heart over a rebellious world. Until then, until the wayward prelates of the Church return to the right path, you must stand fast and hold the traditions which you have learned. For we have clearly entered into the time of St. Paul's prophecy, when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, they will heap to themselves teachers, having itching ears, and will indeed turn away their hearing from the truth, but will be turned unto fables. Our Lady of Fatima, intercede for us. Let us conclude by honoring the Blessed Virgin Mary and St. Joseph. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostrae. Amen. And now to honor St. Joseph, act of consecration to St. Joseph by St. Bernardin of Siena. O my beloved St. Joseph, adopt me as thy child, Take charge of my salvation, watch over me, day and night. Preserve me from the occasions of sin, obtain from me purity of body. Through thy intercession with Jesus, grant me a spirit of sacrifice, humility, 
self-denial, burning love for Jesus and the Blessed Sacrament, and a sweet and tender love for Mary, my mother. St. Joseph, be with me living, be with me dying, and obtain for me a favorable judgment from Jesus, my merciful Savior. Amen. Virgo potens, or pernobis. Sancti Joseph, terra daimonem, or pernobis. Thank you so much for listening to episode 47 of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. Feel free to follow us on Twitter, at Fatima Podcast, and please share this program with your family and friends. Thanks so much for listening. Goodbye, and God love you.